Hi, Veggie Mates. Welcome back to the Veg Talk podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Davey, and this is episode number 85 with ethics co-owner, Ellis Goodridge. So, how are you all? I hope you're having a great week and finding some positives in this crazy period of time. It's been a hectic few weeks for me. I have really enjoyed getting back into the rhythm of recording conversations and sharing them with you all. On top of that, it has been really beneficial for me to understand what small things make me happy on a regular basis. So when I'm feeling overwhelmed or lost, I get back to basics, check those core things off my list, and it really shifts my mood and outlook. On the other hand, I have separated my shoulder and that's been painful and frustrating as I've been in a sling for the last three weeks. I'm really looking forward to getting back to running and enjoying regular activity. It's just going to take a little bit of time and be a little bit of a process with rehab. Anyway, enough from me. Let's shift our focus to this week's special guest, Ellis from Ethics and Vegan Campout. This was a great conversation, super chill and down to earth, and we covered a wide range of topics. Ellis is a boss. She's the co-owner of the UK sustainable clothing brand Ethics and the co-organizer of the Vegan Campout, which is going ahead this year in August. We spent some time chatting about mental health and the importance of being vulnerable and communicating with people close to us. This is a topic I will always chat about given the chance because at the end of the day, we all have tough days and need to learn the best practices in getting through uh, to the other side of those. A reminder that if you need someone to chat with but don't know who to reach out to, uh, please contact your local mental health hotline or find a therapist you can see regularly if you have access It was great to hear about Ellis' journey to date and what she's passionate about. I hope you enjoy the conversation. And as always, I'll be wrapping things up with you on the other side. All right, Veggie Mates, we are back over to the UK. Third time in about a month, it feels like. Another early morning for me, but I couldn't be more excited. Today, we have the uh, co-organizer of Vegan Campout, co-owner of clothing brand Ethics, Ellis Goodridge with us today. Welcome, Ellis. Stoked to have you on. Hi. Yep. Thank you so much for having me. It's no really problem nice at all. to be invited on. Not a problem. I think um, have, after having chatted with, with Benj and Jordan, uh, I think it makes total sense to get uh, you know, your, your view on things, you're part of, uh, both of the companies, uh, that mm-hmm. they're involved with. So it'll be, it'll be great to, to hear your experience with, uh, the work you do it's just to get started. It'd be great to hear just a little bit about where you're from, mm-hmm. uh, probably a stone's throw from, uh, <laughs> fr- from, from Benj and Jordan, but w- yeah. where you're from, what it was like growing up where you, uh, where you were brought up and, and just a little bit about going vegan uh, and, and how that came about. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was born in Derby, which is the next town from Burton. Um, yeah, growing up was fine for me, really. I feel like I had a pretty good childhood. Um, there wasn't really, veganism wasn't really a thing in my head at that point. It wasn't, you know, really a big thing. But growing up, I... I feel like because my mum 
made me try everything as a child like every fruit every salad every vegetable I feel like I've always had the privilege of just enjoying everything so eventually when I did go vegan it was a really easy thing for me but um so yeah growing up fine and then I basically went to uni in Leeds um for three years and studied fine art so that was really cool and I was vegetarian at that point but yeah kind of going back I guess the reason I went vegetarian is because me and my brother we were looking into like I think it was a Steve-O video and he was going vegetarian or something and I think it all resonated with us that it was like something we needed to do at some point wasn't really a thing like I didn't really sense the urgency to do it straight away so I did it a little bit after my brother but I think because it was in my head it was kind of a thing that I knew I had to do eventually so then yeah I went vegetarian went to university and to be honest university was I would say like the making of me there was so many other vegetarians there it was very expressive you could kind of just yeah be yourself and that led me to just being way more open about things and then me and my brother watched um is it seaspiracy no that's that's the most recent one cowspiracy cowspiracy and then straight after that we were kind of like cool now we need to actually set a date to go vegan it was kind of like yeah we have to do that so then we set a date it was first of September 2015 and we went vegan and it's so funny because I remember going to do like my first uh, grocery shop and then I came home and I remember just thinking like why didn't I do this earlier this is so easy because going back to the whole like my mom just gave me everything growing up so I really enjoyed everything so for me in my personal experience it was such an easy transition because as I say I loved every salad every vegetable every fruit so yeah for me it was like I could have done this such a long time ago and I'd have been fine but obviously sometimes it just takes that process to actually get there and mentally as well so so it, yeah I went vegan and yeah certainly helps when you're when you're not a picky eater and you've mm-hmm. been exposed to yeah different types of foods throughout childhood I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely the same way it uh, it wasn't really such a big deal because there weren't many things that I would avoid. So mm-hmm. I, I totally feel you there. So funny thing, I, I definitely uh, found the the Leeds part of your story interesting. I also studied in Leeds for uh, six months. It was just like an exchange. Oh, and yeah, that was in 2011, I want to say. Uh, so went to the University of Leeds for six months. And I think, uh, yeah, that, that town is... Uh, a crazy place when uh when university is on it is it's certainly a university town uh so cool to hear that you went there yeah it's literally full of so many young people isn't it it's like the best place to go for university for sure yeah it was it was certainly a wild time for me i would love to hear uh you know a little bit about you you mentioned being vegetarian at university so I know for a lot of kids in the UK, that's the first time they're living out of home. It's the first time they're cooking for themselves on a regular basis. Was it difficult to be vegetarian? Um, 
it sounded like you had people to bounce off and there were other people that um, were living the same lifestyle. But yeah, I'd love to just hear your, your experience going to Leeds and, mm-hmm. and, and deciding to be vegetarian there. I think the only difficult part that I experienced, because when I moved there, obviously you kind of move into halls with other people. Um, so when I first moved there, I was living with maybe five other people and they were all meat eaters and obviously you share the kitchen. So I think that was the difficult part because you kind of like, yeah, like you say, it's the first time living out of home. So you're sharing pans, you're sharing cups, you're sharing all these things. And it was a bit like you kind of had to explain that, oh, I'm vegetarian, you know, this is why. And there was definitely parts that were difficult if I said, you know, could you, I'd rather you didn't cook meat in this pan or if you didn't use my things to exactly eat meat. And then those things were definitely difficult. But other than that, no, like Leeds is such a good city. And I feel like there were so many vegetarian options, literally a stone throw from where I lived. So it was crazy. Like almost every restaurant that I went to had a vegetarian option. And to be honest, even looking back, vegetarian is so different from veganism. So I feel like it was just way easier back then um, to be vegetarian. Um, so yeah, I didn't find any difficult any difficulties eating out or anything like that. Were there any rules set in in the halls, like in in your dorm or you know in in your shared space? Were you able to like make it easier for you and your your housemates? What rules in terms of foods or in terms of cooking on pans or chopping boards or mm-hmm. anything like that? Or did you just kind of have to um, take every meal as it came? Yeah, at the start it was a sharing thing. And then I think the more passionate I became and the more invested I became into the whole cause, it was like, okay, I'm gonna go out and buy my pans now. And yeah, you can't use these. <laughs> it was very much like yeah, you have to respect my boundaries at this point. And I think eventually, you know, people were respectful, but it's definitely that awkward thing when you're meeting someone new and you're trying to make friends. It's kind of like, okay, this is the, this is what I have with me. These are the conditions. So yeah, in the end, it's all fine. But yeah, I can totally see that being a tricky situation. You know, you, you are basically meeting these people for the first time. You're about to share the living space with them. And I, th- I suppose the first thing that you do with those people telling them about your pots, pans, chopping boards might not be such a, uh, a great way to uh, make a relationship with them. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely one to one to navigate. When I was there, it was, I suppose not, I wasn't seeing the city through vegetarian or vegan lens. So I really don't know what the city is like uh, as a vegetarian or vegan friendly place. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd have to go back and, uh, and and see it all again. And it's the same as the UK in general. When I've been there, I, I haven't been looking at it from a, a, a vegan point of view. So I, I can't wait to go back because from what I've heard, it's it's grown in like insane amounts over the last decade and uh, the options look world-class really. I think the UK is arguably the leader of, you know, veganism around the world. Yeah. I can uh, imagine that it's, it's definitely in a crazy place today is especially compared to where it was say five years ago. 
Yeah, totally. It's it's really cool to see. There's just it just seems like there's products, um, you know, continuously coming out, new restaurants continuously coming out. I saw this amazing place uh, called Faux uh, in Nottingham that just mm-hmm. opened. I don't know if you've seen it, but they've had like lines around the corner selling out every day. It looks it looks delicious. Yeah, I think I've seen that actually, but um, I don't think I've ever gone. You'll have yeah. to you'll have to jump in the car and and head to head yeah. to Nottingham. It, it looks there's it, definitely it looks a unreal. list of places I'm trying to go as soon as things relax a bit with the rules. So yeah, definitely. Right. So how has it been? Has there been any updates in the last month or so on going ahead with vegan camp out? Uh, what it's all going to look like in the UK mm-hmm. uh, with with COVID? It's so confusing, like with all the rules, honestly, like lately, I just find it hard to keep up with things that are on the news and everything. Like at the start, I was kind of glued to the news to see what updates were happening. And then you realize you kind of have to take a step back and not be so, you know, just glued to the TV. It just brings you down and it's definitely like confusing and you're trying not to fill your head with that. But I mean, lately, I think there was like a four-step program for things to go ahead smoothly, like events and things. And I think we might have just passed either the second one or the third one. So as it stands, everything is going smooth. And that's why things like the vegan campout can happen. Um, For example, pubs here have just opened, but at the minute we can only sit outside. And then next month, I think they open for inside. Um, And yeah, that's kind of, the latest updates here really everything's just a bit crazy I just yeah I can't keep up with what you're allowed to do and what you can't do like I was talking to my friend the other day and I was like oh I really want to drive to um it's a place called Dovedale it's like a really really beautiful place in the Peak District she was like you can drive there now I was like what since when she's like oh yeah maybe since a few days ago I think you're allowed I'm like I just can't keep up with what you're allowed to do honestly it's it's really crazy but that's just life right now, isn't it? You're just waiting for the for things to just happen. It's, yeah, weird. It's definitely been a very strange period in time. Have you struggled at all, like not having regular community around you or have you found ways to, you know, still stay in contact with your community, uh, kind of stay sane? It's, you know, it's tough to be so segmented as humans. I think we crave the human interaction in daily life and to have mm-hmm. it all taken away from us has been a struggle yeah definitely. So has, has there been any yeah any ways you've you've found to to keep that interaction going to, um, despite all the lockdowns I think for me yeah it's been it's definitely been a mix like I've had some very low moments but equally I've also done things that I probably wouldn't have done if I had this time um like I've just been working nonstop so that's like a bonus but also yeah it's definitely been hard to not communicate the way that we could before even going back to just something simple like a walk in nature like that's something I definitely took for granted because I just love being outdoors and doing things like that so when that's taken away from you it's definitely it's quite a crazy thing to realize you're like this is just meant to be you know a place where you can just step outside and walk wherever you want and when that's taken away it's yeah it's just crazy but um I've definitely just 
took some time to deal with things better whether it's like self-care yeah like there's quite a few things I've done really but it, it's still hard it's definitely it's definitely like a roller coaster of emotions some days I'll be absolutely fine I can see the light at the end of the tunnel I can focus on all the positive things that are happening and then other days are just like yeah very hard on a on a bad day on a tough day I think we all have them and in the world of social media it can look very pretty and glitzy and we forget that you know people do have days where they struggle what are the kind of practices that you like to ground yourself with on a tough day because I think there are a lot of people that have had more bad days than usual just because Mm -hmm. it's an overwhelming experience so what are those things that you rely on to kind of bring yourself back down to earth so um I was never um a fan of reading before but then I don't know if you know of somebody called Jay Shetty so he has like a podcast a book um yeah he's a very inspirational person I think on my tough days I've tried so I ordered the book and then I I think I'm only like a third of the way through but that's really changed the way that I just view life and just my whole mentality and that's been really really helpful and on like tough days Um, but yeah just kind of like I've got into meditation lately I'm definitely not good at it and I'm not anywhere where I need to be with that right now but obviously nobody starts and is like oh I'm, I'm great at this <laughs> so it's all a process but yeah I'm trying to implement that more into my life um yeah just more time for myself really just kind of focus on things that I wouldn't have necessarily focused on or just like my health has been like a huge one um just trying to listen to my body a lot more and I try to not feel so like down on myself on bad days because I think it's really easy to wake up feel really overwhelmed feel really down and kind of like then feel even worse for not doing the things that you like should be doing so for me when I've had really tough days it's kind of like I'm trying to just allow them and recognize why I'm feeling so low maybe I've done a lot of journaling as well which is really helpful because again if you realize that you're down you can just put those thoughts onto paper you can reflect on them you can understand why you're feeling down instead of just everything being this big dark cloud and not really understanding why so yeah I think it's just more listening to your body and listening to your thoughts if that makes sense yeah totally it really it really does I find those, yeah, some of those things to be to be super helpful. And I like I like what you said about just recognizing it, you know, writing it all down, and 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 getting through it that way rather than kind of blocking it out. Uh, so that's that's really nice. I did see something on your Instagram as well, which I think Anna Anna also does. My partner, she's a, a big advocate for kind of dressing up, you know, getting yourself ready for the day. Even if you're working from home, you don't have to, you know, sit in your PJs all day. You can. Oh my God. Yeah. It's such a life changer. (laughs) I think at the start of lockdown, I was just kind of in that dressing gown life, like hair scraped back, no makeup. And obviously that's great. But then it does make you realize how much your mood can lift if you just give yourself a bit of attention or do the things that you might have done before. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) It's a big, big game changer that is. (laughs) 
yeah, it's it's definitely lifted her mood, and uh, I think it it takes her to a new level when she's uh you know when she's all glammed up and and ready to fight the day. So I think for yeah for the women out there that are also in a a position where working from home might not have been normal, you know, to begin mm-hmm. with, that might be a a tip to you know to make yourself feel a little lighter a, a, yeah, a, little, definitely. a little bit better on an off day and yeah mm-hmm. I, I like and it. run yourself a bath like I've honestly just like I say I've really indulged in self-care more than ever like I'll run myself a bath I'll get my book I'll do some journaling like I'm just really trying to do everything I can for me and my mental health because it's such a um what's that saying where it's like you can't pour from an empty cup but it's so even though it's so cliche it's just so true like if you're not the best version of yourself it's going to affect people around you or it's going to have that effect so if you're feeling the best or you're at least trying to feel the best and you're working on yourself and you're doing what you can do to just make yourself feel better then it's just going to have an all-round positive effect so yeah 100 agree and i think what you're kind of building here is is the tools to to carry on throughout life right Mm -hmm. so it's something i've spoken about with with previous guests on the podcast but i think the hard thing for a lot of us is really not having those tools not knowing uh, what to do or how to get through hard times uh, becomes so overwhelming that it's it's really tricky Uh, so i'm I'm stoked you were able to give some some actionable items for people to try and see mm-hmm. if it if it works out for them, uh, because these are things that we can carry through our entire life. And those reminders when it's like, oh, maybe today I just need to you know take some time for myself and and get it down on paper or run a bath, meditate, yeah. whatever it might be. So thank you for those. Uh, yeah, really appreciate fine. it. I saw on your Instagram that you know, you've got a highlight reel for mental health. How much has your, uh, your dad's passing played a role in you advocating and, and being vulnerable uh, about experiences like this? Mm-hmm. I think, um, and this might sound hypocritical really, which I suppose it's good that I recognize, but for me, if I see friends or family or even myself just like struggling with thoughts, I think it is so hard to just open up, even if you do have a close person nearby. I think it is such a hard thing and such a vulnerable thing to be able to express how you're actually feeling. Um, So, you know, I'm guilty of it myself. But then when I do think to my dad and everything that happened, it's kind of like I either feel vulnerable and weak and speak about this thing or I don't speak about it and, you know, there could be a potential there of something getting worse or, um, you know, it's, and it will always get worse. Like from my dad's perspective, he did bottle things up and um, he kind of spoke before about how he didn't want to see a doctor because he didn't want depression on his record. And it was, you know, like a cowardly thing for a black man and just all that kind of thing. And that's really resonated with me just because, it is such a shame that we don't speak about things because we don't want to be seen as um, weaker or any less than we actually are. Like that's such a sad thing 
even though I do feel like a hypocrite in myself because there will definitely be moments where I just don't want to speak about something so yeah I think overall I'm kind of just like I'm such a like advocate for communication like whether it's over minor things whether it's over deeper things like for me I do realize that communicating about things can only really like do good because even if there is some conflict at the end or even if it doesn't go the way you might want it to go I feel like when a conversation happens it's kind of like it gets the ball rolling for you know resolution so yeah I think that's kind of where I sit with that now I'm just always trying to advocate for people to just talk about things yeah I I love that. I think it is the hardest thing. The communication is, is certainly it's difficult. It's not easy to open up. Um, if I suppose if there is anyone out there struggling, um, do you have like any recommendations? Do you try and, you know, have a a small network of people that you can, you can chat with? Cause I suppose this is something that we can't just internalize and, and, you know, do it all ourselves. It definitely helps mm-hmm. to, to chat. So do you have like a specific group of people or a person that you, you try and confide in? Um, I mean, for myself, I will try to talk to like my brother or my boyfriend or my mom, just because they are like the closest people around me. And they've also obviously gone through the experience that I've gone through. So I feel like we're all on that same level. But for other people who might not have a sibling or a partner or parents, then I just think even, well, even me, I like to say my DMs are open. If anyone's ever having trouble, I like to kind of be like available for people if they don't have people to speak to. So, um, but yeah, other than that, I'm not really sure. It's quite a difficult one. I do feel very lucky that I do have people around me. But yeah, if you're someone that doesn't really have a lot of people around you, then I just think there's always going to be someone. That's something I realized, actually. Yeah, there's always going to be someone, even if you're not that close to them or even if they're maybe a stranger, like someone will always care enough to kind of talk it through with you. So again, even if it's not a perfect resolution or, you know, someone's not going to like just change your life within seconds, but if you can speak about it, I feel like speaking about it is always just that better thing to do. Like you'll always feel better after speaking about it. It's true. It's true. I've definitely experienced that through therapy at at a younger age. I was probably in my early twenties and, you know, just getting out of the session, it felt, it felt great every time, despite the, you know, there might be some stigma still, I think, we're doing as a society, we're doing a great job of normalizing uh, and welcoming people to, to take that route of, of talking to people. So mm-hmm. that's really yeah, therapy. Therapy is like, I suppose that's it. If you don't necessarily have someone like a yeah, hundred percent recommend therapy. Yeah. If you've got access to it a hundred percent, if not, I, I know there's hotlines in, you know, America, the UK, Australia, yeah. Canada, Europe, yeah, most countries mm-hmm. now would give some kind of mental health care hotline number. Yeah, definitely. If, if you I think I, I even came across something the other day that was um, online, like on an app. So I think even if you don't have the access to go and travel to a therapist, I think there's so much you can do online now, which is 
really good. I don't know if it's because of lockdown that's kind of made that way more accessible, but yeah, there's, there's definitely ways. Yeah, I think it's definitely, lockdown has definitely propelled businesses to go the digital the digital route, like in-person meetings are now uh, something that we're going to have to think about a bit more, more heavily before going into them. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just had my first doctor's meeting, doctor's appointment online the other day. And yeah, it's, you kind of go in thinking, you know, does the doctor need to see my shoulder? You know, <laughs> do I need to be there? And then of course they're a professional. They've probably seen this injury a million times before and they just want to know your own personal experience with it to, to give you the best advice. So. Yeah, uh, definitely. I had a physio start at uh, the start of lockdown and I was so happy to be finally having physio. And then she was like, Oh, the first few sessions will be on FaceTime. And in my head, I was like, how are you going to fix me through FaceTime? (laughs) But I mean, like you say, they're professionals. So actually everything they showed me ended up being great. And now I'm having actual uh, sessions face to face which is even better but yeah it's it's crazy how much it's changed things I think you can do most things online now which is really accessible yeah it might it might even be a more accessible world for for people that maybe didn't think they had access before so I hope it's I hope it's a positive uh, for mm-hmm. the for the future of you know mental health emotional health whatever we want to call it I hope more people have access to to professionals and and friends that they can they can lean on because it's certainly been a difficult time uh, for a, for a lot of people. So yeah. yeah, thanks for covering that. I know it's 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 not easy to chat about these topics, so I really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, let's let's change tack a bit. So ethics how yes. how did you get involved uh, in in ethics. Uh, I know the company has been around for six or seven years, I think, I think Benj told me. Um, but yeah, how, what was your introduction like and, and what's your mm-hmm. work, what's your work now like with the company? So it's actually a really cute story for me, actually, because I was finishing university and I was literally writing up my dissertation, which is like the last thing that you do. Um, and I remember getting a message from Benj being like, oh, hey, Ellis, uh, we really want you to model for ethics. And I remember just being like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy, because I was vegan at this point. And obviously, ethics was like big in the vegan community. So everybody kind of knew who they were. And yeah, I was super happy to get that message. And I remember he was like, oh, could you come and model for us tomorrow? But the next day I was actually going to LA with uni as like one big trip. So I remember being like, oh no, but um, I got back and luckily he still wanted me to model. So that was great. So originally it kind of just started out by going down, doing a few shoots for them. And then it got to like Christmas time and they were like, do you fancy coming in and working for us? Like, every Friday for I think it was like four weeks just to get like a feel for it because again the office was in Burton and I was living back at my mum's after university so this was like really great for me because I came back from university and even though I did like well at university I was kind of having that um, moment where I was just like oh my gosh what am I going to do with my life now (laughs) like university is over like where do I go what do I do and I was kind of being hard on myself just thinking like what on earth will happen now so then 
going to like work for ethics for a little bit was just really amazing because obviously it was all in line with my morals and everything that I believed in and then yeah I think eventually it was kind of just it just made sense for me to kind of come on the team permanently because I lived so close as well um so then I went on as like part-time and then yeah fast forward to where we are now I'm a part owner of the company so yeah it's been it's been a nice like journey (laughs) that's pretty cool I mean you've gone from uh from part-time model to uh, co-owner and Benj is also your uh your other half so you've got a a love story there as well it's pretty cool yeah it's nice it happened very organically which is uh really nice yeah it's really cool I love it so with uh with ethics uh what I suppose what do you love about working working with clothing and and promoting a sustainable uh, fashion message mm-hmm. um well it's like what you said earlier I think when you go vegan you're very focused on food you don't really think about other things so then since working for ethics it's obviously massively just opened my eyes to the fashion side of things and just yeah the clothing side of things and it's made me realize that wow there's so many clothing companies that exist that just aren't ethical and that don't even think about these things which is quite deep it's quite upsetting but yeah it feels great to work for a brand that are actually thinking about these things like from you know design to production to just everything everything is carefully thought about and yeah ethical so it's a good feeling to be a part of that with i know with labels like you know ethical sustainable Mm -hmm. i think with the documentaries that are coming out around our food systems, our, our clothing systems, it becomes apparent that, you know, these labels kind of just get thrown around and it's, it's kind of hard to wade through which companies are truly sustainable, which companies are truly, truly ethical. Are there any, I suppose, any tips you have for, you know, seeking out, clothing items that are truly coming from a place uh, you know where companies are thinking about you know the whole the whole production chain Mm -hmm. I think you've just kind of you've got to be like like forthcoming and brave with what you ask brands because I remember speaking to my friend Venetia who's a like huge advocate for boycotting fast fashion and basically a brand approached me and wanted to work with me and I didn't know if they were ethical or not and I was having a bit of a like complex over it because I was like oh it's such a big brand I would love to work with them but I just don't know if they're ethical so I was speaking to my friend and she kind of gave me this document of questions to ask brands to see if they're ethical so it's kind of just basic stuff really it's like you know are you paying your staff fair wages are you um you know like yeah it's such a such a big list but it's like basic questions really things that brands should be able to answer and I remember even that they just couldn't answer me and they got back to me and they were like oh you know we can't really answer you at this moment in time and even that was such a light bulb moment for me to think okay you're not paying your staff a fair wage and you know something like that that isn't necessarily completely attached to the clothing but it's all part of the practice it's all part part of the 
you know, they're making your clothes, but they're not being paid a fair wage. So it just goes back straight back to, you know, the factories and everything. So I think you've just got to ask like some forward questions really. And yeah, you're right. There's so many brands at the minute that just, I think is it greenwashing that they call it where, yeah, they're pretending to be sustainable. They're pretending to be ethical, but just because they produce a piece of clothing that's vegan friendly, it doesn't mean that the person who made that is being treated ethically. So it's a problem. 100%. That would be a cool document to get uh, a hold of, the one Venetiana uh, gave you. Do you still yeah, have it? She, I think I do. Yeah, she's like, um, I don't know if you know of her, but yeah, she's a great person to follow, really. She's definitely, that's like her her department. So she's, yeah, she's very good with that. That's That's really cool. I like it. I think it empowers the individual to really go out and you know, ask the questions of, yeah. of the company. It's, it's easier now more so than ever before with companies responding to, uh, you know, Instagram direct message or, mm-hmm. or emails or live chat on their, on their website. So yep. that's also a dilemma that you, you kind of bring up, right? So in the, in the influencer world where, you know, at the end of the day, if, if it's uh if it's something like a, a side hustle or if it's your main gig, working with brands is how you're going to make money. It's how you're going to mm-hmm. pay the bills. So I can see the dilemma where you've got, you know, this big company coming to you saying, hey, let's do a collaboration. But then yep. the and other side of you. Is bliss. Yeah, ignorance is bliss because part of me thinks if I wasn't in this, um, you know, like work field that I am in, imagine just being like yeah cool I'll work for you you know you might get a really good pay from it you might get amazing exposure but that's the thing now because I do know what I know you just you know you can't be a sellout you kind of have to practice what you preach at this point otherwise what's it all for so but you know the good thing is that there is good brands that exist that are you know ethical from the get-go so they they do exist it's just unfortunately there's a lot that don't exist right now so would you would you recommend to someone in the same position to you know to stick with their gut decline yeah 100% I think being authentic that's been my journey as well like I realized it's so much better to be authentic even if the journey ends up being slower and you don't necessarily make it to where you want to make it. But if you've stayed authentic and true to yourself and true to everything that you, you know, preach about, then I think that's, that's the best way to be in my opinion. Yeah. I think it'll leave you with a better foundation to continue what you're doing and, and, yeah. feel, good, and feel good about it as well. I, I don't think you, you know, you wouldn't want to look back on, on previous collaborations thinking you knew well yeah well good that that was a that was a bad a bad choice um so yeah, it's, it's something that would stick on your guilty conscience for sure <laughs> definitely with uh with ethics i know you recently dropped a new clothing line do you want to quickly chat about uh what you guys have just released mm-hmm. so yeah we've just released two t-shirts one black one white and a sage green hoodie and Uh, The idea behind it really is that we're trying to move away from 
we're obviously still a vegan brand and everything we do will always be vegan. The clothing will always be vegan friendly, but we're trying to appeal to more of the mainstream audience by basically saying, you know, it's still ethical clothing. So you don't necessarily have to be vegan to wear our clothing. This is just, again, a step in that right direction to buy from brands that are thinking about everything they do from the minute they design to it being on the shelves. So that's the idea behind this. And that's why the definition is on the clothing, just about um, the moral decision to do better, basically. Just, yeah, to just think a bit more. And I feel like more people will resonate with that than necessarily a vegan message, because I think sometimes people are quite scared of that vegan agenda if they're not already vegan. And then they might be like, oh, you know, I don't need to buy that top because I'm not vegan or I can't support you guys because I'm just not vegan yet. So this is more like, okay, you don't have to be vegan. This is just, you know, this is still ethical clothing and you can still wear that if that makes sense. Totally. It is really fascinating that people are, I suppose, so turned off by it to the point where, you know, they feel they can't be a part of it. It's, it's kind of upsetting in a way. I don't know if that's a product of our own kind of, you know, the way it's, it's been built and, mm-hmm. and the way it's moved, uh, you know, moved through the times. I, I feel like we might have some, some part to play in, in, the, in that feeling, unfortunately, but I do love, I do love that perspective because being a non-vegan, you know, you, you really want those people to still buy into, you know, vegan friendly, uh, beauty products, uh, clothing products, food products, despite the fact that maybe, you know, it might be 10%, 20%, who knows of the time, uh, whether they're, they're not making, you know, those choices all of the time. Uh, but to, to welcome them in and say, Hey, you know, our clothing line isn't just, just for vegans. We want you to, we want you to be yeah. a part of it. I think it's important moving forward to, uh, to be more welcoming to the rest of society. So I, I love that. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope that, I hope that more people, yeah, outside the world of, uh, world of veganism, are, are purchasing from ethics because yeah, it also, you. it also might be a gateway into a, a vegan lifestyle. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And it can be a conversation starter, you know, because with it having the definition on there, I think a lot of people are always intrigued, like to what it is we do and why we do it. Like with this new collection, we've just dropped. We've definitely had a handful of people that aren't vegan that just love it. And they're like, oh, this is amazing. You know, you can tell the quality is so different. And even that is just a huge thing. It's like, yes, because this is, you know, quality made products, whereas it might not be the same kind of quality from Primark or from just a regular shop on the high street. So even just that, them feeling how different the clothing is and knowing that it's made to last is like, you know, it's a good conversation starter. It kind of shows that everything we're doing, there's, there's reason as to why we're doing it. Yeah. I think from the, we chatted about it with Benj, but from the ground up, your company has just been set on a foundation where all of those important things were front of mind when you were building it. So Mm -hmm. to start with that foundation is super important because it's much harder to go back 
to go back on on what you've already created if you were doing it in an exploitative way yeah. uh, to then change your practices is much more difficult so to do that from the get-go uh, i mean yeah kudos to you to begin with I, I love the fact that this was all front of mind but it's what people are looking for now exactly what you said about primark right that used to i remember i remember when i was in leeds and it was like oh you know primark cheap cheap everything yeah. basically so from you could i think you could really deck your whole your whole apartment out yeah whether definitely. it's whether it's the, whether it's the kitchen you know the bedroom your clothes you, mm-hmm. you as a, as a student you could get it all there but at what cost right at, mm-hmm. at what cost who how much are they paying their staff are they you know are they using uh, products that are not harmful, like in terms of chemicals and all that kind of stuff that the workers have to, to be exposed to on a daily basis. It really does go deep. So our choices there are super, super important. Another thing I love about ethics and um, I'm not sure uh, how much you've had to do with it is the, the buy, sell trade uh, initiative. Would Mm -hmm. you like to chat just a little bit about how you, um, how it's going to work and um yeah what just yeah tell us a little bit mm-hmm. about it I, I'm, I'm intrigued by it yeah it was um Benja's idea originally but it's it's ended up being really great so basically if you have a product of ours um if you're done with it or you know you've grown out of it or you simply just don't want it anymore we are obviously trying to avoid that like throw it away or just stay in your closet and it not do anything so the whole idea of the scheme is so that they can send it back to us and we can either give them store credit or swap it for something else and that way when it comes back we just put those items on our depop so I also think that's such a sustainable way of continuing the clothes because if you're someone that might not want to buy a brand new piece of clothing from us you can go straight to our depop and there's just secondhand things on there and even the secondhand things are just you know, they're great, they're fine because they are good quality. It just means they've been worn a few times. Um, and if we ever make samples um, that we don't release or, you know, we make something and it needs to get changed, we just put those samples straight onto the Depop. So nothing goes to waste, basically. Like everybody can just, yeah, visit the Depop and find something that they still like. And I think that just keeps that whole circle going. And yeah, it's just a great way to avoid waste and unwanted clothing because so much clothing goes to landfill. It's just disgusting. And I think even some brands, it's blown my mind because I just can't believe this is even a thing. But I think some brands have this system where if you don't want something anymore, even if it's the wrong size, instead of them getting it back and sending the correct size out, they just send it straight to landfill because it's just easier or cheaper for them to do that which is just crazy like that's such a mad thing to me that clothing just gets sent straight to landfill that's like such a depressing thought so yeah we're trying to be the complete opposite of that basically i i really love that initiative i hope more companies are able to uh to do something to do something similar because Mm -hmm like you said, it's like, it's mind blowing that that's their first choice. It's like, it's the bottom line. It's all about the the dollar rather than yep. making that environmentally sound decision. It, 
it might be a couple more steps in the process, but boy, I hope, I hope more people go the way you guys are going with, Mm -hmm. um, with that, because surely any company can, can try and do something similar. Yeah. I just feel like everybody, you know, even bigger brands can always do better. Like even Nike, um, they had their space hippie shoes and we got those, uh, we got them like off eBay because there was just so many on eBay. We just thought we'll buy from eBay instead of buying from the actual website. And the idea behind those was that it was like a zero waste shoe. So all the fabric and just, yeah, any wasted ingredients from the factory floor would get used to get put into that shoe, which is just an amazing idea. So I feel like so many brands could definitely do better in that department and just avoid waste and avoid things going to landfill and you know even going straight back to Primark it's like yeah it's super cheap but those items will not last you long and they're harmful to the environment so even though ethical clothing does tend to be more on the expensive side there's a reason for it you know and if it means you're going to invest into a t-shirt or invest into a hoodie at least you know that that hoodie will last you for such a long time and if you don't want it anymore yeah, you can send it back to us and get some store credit or, you know, so I just think it's an all round better decision for you and the environment. I think it's also, I love that. I think it's also like a mindset change. It's not, um, it's not all about finding the cheapest thing. It's actually, it's a, it's almost like a habit change. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm now going to choose to buy one item that is maybe quadruple the cost, but how many hoodies do I really need? Do I need four cheap shitty hoodies or do I really just need one quality hoodie that's going to last me longer? Mm -hmm. I'm investing in a company that cares about this stuff. Yeah. It's an investment. It's, you know, it's, yeah, it does everybody good when you make that purchase so totally agree and i think mm-hmm. in return it it does the consumer good uh because you're likely going to be accumulating less things yeah if, you, if you're looking to also get the the one good product versus the four mm-hmm. crappy ones you might feel a little lighter in the house as well yeah. i, I kind of like not having uh, you know a whole a whole bunch of stuff it just becomes yeah. clutter and uh it really it really gets in the way. I just wanted to go to your website and and check out some stats here. So talking about landfill, of the total fiber input used for clothing, 87% is landfilled or incinerated, representing a lost opportunity of more than 100 billion US dollars annually. So that is just mind-blowing. Yeah, it's horrible. Really, really horrible seriously that is that's why when we watched that um netflix documentary about true cost that really just changed even my personal like buying and i I, yeah it was crazy to me and i've kind of made like a pact with myself that i'll only really buy from brands brand new if you know the product itself is like obviously vegan but also if it's you know for a good cause now I tend to just go on Depop if I'm after a new like outfit or if I'm just after anything that's really like 
for clothing I just yeah I tend to look on eBay or Depop first because it's just such a mad thing to think that how crazy like consumption has got with clothing it's just it's really really wild and so many secondhand things just get worn like once yeah you know they get worn once and then Mm -hmm. they they either end up in landfill or hopefully they they're going to a secondhand store so let's talk about that so the the secondhand store i suppose in history has kind of been your salvation army goodwill type places uh and it might have a dirty kind of connotation with people thinking oh that's kind of you know old or smelly that was me a few years ago (laughs) right i'm not i'm not gonna get my clothing from there Mm -hmm. who would who would do that now it's become uh, more popular, more mainstream, yeah. which is great because that means there's there's totally a, a shift going on around the world about where we source our clothing from. And then to digital digitalize it with places like Depop, Poshmark, mm-hmm. is that one as well? Um, I don't know if Poshmark is in the UK, but I have heard of it. Anna, is Poshmark a secondhand clothing it is. There we go. It's like Depop. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to, to digitize these, uh, these places, maybe make them look a little bit more sexy to the, to the younger consumer. What is your personal, uh, your personal kind of uh, interaction with Depop being like? Because I know you have your own page. Uh, how do you go about sourcing clothes, reselling them? Just give, mm-hmm. give me a little bit of insight there as to how you go about Depop in your own personal life. Yeah, I mean, I think I've had so much stuff kind of like just in either my mum's closet back home or things just in my drawers that have just been sat around doing absolutely nothing. Like I'm not wearing them. Nobody else is wearing them. So Depop for me was such a huge um, game changer because obviously there was already eBay, but I just, for me, eBay is a bit more confusing. It's a bit more like, I don't know. I just, I'm not the most comfortable on eBay, but Depop is just so easy and simple to use. And I just basically started like selling all my things on there that I just no longer wanted. And when I realized how many people actually like wanted either my things or, you know, just people's things in general, it's like, wow, okay, this is such a good platform to be able to do that with and to, Obviously, like I say, if I'm looking for something, it's such a nice thing to be able to go into Depop and find it. And I think being a vegan as well, there's so many young girls or young people that will come and buy from my page knowing that it's vegan friendly, which is obviously a really nice touch because if it's trainers or something that you're a bit unsure about, whether it's vegan friendly or not, it's just nice to be able to like list everything that you have as vegan friendly. So yeah, I just think it's a it's such a great place to like find stuff like you say charity shops before it's kind of a bit like you know to go through the rail and to try and find something that's nice it's kind of like it's not the easiest thing like I I enjoy it more now but before it was definitely not my not my thing to be able to go into a charity shop and just like search for something so the fact that Depop just has everything kind of laid out in pictures it's just such an easy way to shop and I feel like like you say as well, not everything on Depop is necessarily super old. Like even if somebody's worn it a handful of times, 
it will still be in the best condition. So, yeah, it's just an all-round game changer. I feel like everybody should be on there. Almost sounds like you've you've created community there too. So yeah. something where, you know, it might have, it used to be an individual experience, like going out, shopping, coming home, cool, got my secondhand gear. Now it's like, oh, I'm kind of like known as this person who can be trusted with, with vegan clothing, shoes, uh, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And now I'm able to build community around a, a secondhand store online. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's great because you can even search tags. So you can literally search vegan trainers or, you know, vegan clothing and everything that will have that tag in it will just pop up. And it's like, that's such an easy way to find things now. Like you can't walk into a charity shop and do that. Obviously, it's still great to support these charity shops. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, Depop is just like, it can't be easier really. And you you source most of your own personal secondhand gear from places like eBay, Depop, mm-hmm. yourself. Yeah. Do, do you then add a business element to it? Are you trying to look for items that you think you can, you know, flip for more? Or yeah, definitely. There's yeah. um there's definitely been times where me and Benj are just out shopping or like window shopping, and if we see something, it's like a rare thing in a charity shop or get this and resell it is kind of just again makes it easier for people to find these things because I feel like not as many people might go to charity shop sorry we froze there for a little bit but um <laughs> yes it's exciting I I would recommend mm-hmm. I actually did make a depot page myself didn't really succeed. I was going to, I was looking for that kind of flipping aspect, but uh, I think I need to scrub up on my, uh, my knowledge and, mm-hmm. and what are good things to, to go for. I was looking to go into kind of the, the vintage sporting gear. Like that's a big thing now. Yeah. Um, huge. So maybe I'll give it another crack. Cause we've got some, we've got some good places here that we can, we can get, um, we can get secondhand gear from and, from what I understand, if you've got the eye for it, you can definitely just have a yeah a little side business going with uh, with definitely. secondhand gear, which is pretty cool. So you know, going I suppose going into the next the next thing, things that are are hard to kind of look at once you've gone vegan in your own home, and you you might feel a little overwhelmed with ah oh, crap, like you know I've got those leather boots or I've got the leather belt leather camera strap my hair and makeup product are all you know tested on animals things like that when you personally started thinking more about you know life outside of the grocery store like you know when it became more than food for you did you have any any challenges like looking at your own stuff and and navigating through that uh yeah any tips for for people that are making that change right now Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely had a lot of things that weren't vegan friendly um you know I had the odd leather thing I remember I had a pair of Doc Martens and I loved them so much and they'd gone to like every single festival with me there were so many memories within them but at the time I remember actually uh they brought out the vegan range so I remember uh basically you know selling them on and getting the vegan pair but when it came to things like cosmetics um I think 
I either gave them to friends that weren't vegan and like friends and family um, or I just used up what I had left of the product. So, yeah, because I'm not into waste at all. I don't think you should ever just really throw stuff in the bin. I think it's, it's quite a bizarre way of looking at something. I think you should always make use of something, whether it's giving it to someone else or, yeah, using it yourself. Um, so, yeah, I definitely had that. And then once everything was gone, it was then that uh, mental shift to be like, right now I have to find vegan friendly shampoo, conditioner, makeup, um, you know, shoes. So, yeah, I think don't waste things. But, you know, there's there's always someone else that might be able to use it, use it or you can just use it up. It can be confronting. It's kind of, you know, let's say you watch um what's one of the documentaries that is very uh very focused on uh, animal slaughter uh earthlings 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 yes. how did i forget that that's like <laughs> that's, yeah that, that's ingrained into my brain <laughs> burned burned in my brain so mm-hmm. i think after watching a documentary like that it's very it hits you extremely hard to the point you know it's very emotional so you yeah if, if you can, I would say give, you, give yourself the grace to kind of move through that period slowly. Don't, uh, don't feel compelled to just throw everything away because I think that's a legitimate reaction from a lot, of, a lot of people and I totally understand if that's the way you feel. Uh, but I like, I like the options that you've, you've put on the table there. You know, there's people out there that are going to get use out of it. Hey, you can even finish, you know, finish what you've, uh, what you've got right now in the house. It's better than, it's better than wasting it and just yeah. and, and throwing it away. Uh, and then the next thing is navigating the path forward and learning more about the products that are on the market. So for you yourself, what do you look for when you're, you know, you're getting hair product, makeup, whatever it might be? Uh, what are the, I suppose if you've got any go-to brands mm-hmm. in the UK and if there are labels and things you can kind of yeah. trust trust and look for. To be honest, I think Instagram has actually um, been a huge help for this kind of thing because, again, with the hashtags, you can just simply look up vegan shampoo, vegan conditioner, vegan makeup, and there is literally millions of hashtags now with brands that are posting that kind of thing. So I honestly think that is like the easiest thing that you can do. Um, But also we have um, friends who have a company called the Vegan Kind Supermarket. Um, And I'm sure there's things like this all over, but they, they basically, you know, have everything from food to cosmetics to clothes. And again, everything is completely vegan friendly. So it just makes it, um, a really easy place to shop so you don't necessarily have to search for things you can just know that on this website everything that you find is vegan friendly and again with the accessible option to be able to do it online it's just such a good thing to be able to have rather than you know like leave the house and stress about things but I mean I think so many things now are turning vegan so even if the brand themselves aren't fully vegan I see it all the time on adverts, like dropping new products and it's like, oh, this is our vegan friendly range, blah, blah, blah. So I think there's just so much out there now. Um, Yeah, there's definitely a lot of brands that I love or work with. 
um, which you can find on my Instagram, to be honest, it's just, there's a lot on there, but like, I make sure I make highlights and um, for things like skin and hair. Um, so yeah, they're really easy to find. But yeah, I think, I think Instagram is honestly just like a really easy way to find things now. It is a great tool when used, yeah. you know, when used with purpose, I think that mm-hmm. uh, it can either suck the life out of you or you can learn uh, a, a lot of, a, a lot of cool things uh, by using these yeah, platforms sure. uh, with purpose. So that's, uh, that's really cool. Yeah. I imagine it being tricky. I mean, there's a whole bunch of new, you know, new labels you've got to look for. Then you find out that there's this kind of greenwashing movement out there where companies are just going to slap that label on there to make sales. So then you've got to navigate who's actually an ethical company. Mm -hmm. Um, As you know, uh, as a woman, you might need to trial hair product that works for you, makeup that works for you. It's sick. I imagine it's a, it's a bit of a process it is a process. Yeah. But I think there's just so many more, like, I honestly believe the year that we're in right now is just like, it could not be easier. I feel like the V the word vegan is just everywhere unless it's just me seeing it, but <laughs> I feel like it's really everywhere. Like it's, it's a great time to go vegan for sure. Yeah. It's, it's everywhere. And again, unless I'm just in my bubble, um, at least going to the supermarket, it's, you're seeing the vegan meat on end caps instead Mm -hmm. of like kind of like tucked away in the freezer section. Like it's, it's really uh, becoming prominent when you're walking through. It's hard to miss. You see it in other people's shopping carts. And if, if you're not someone that peaks in other people's shopping carts, I don't believe you. (laughs) I think everyone, everyone does it. Um, Yeah. And you always have that happy dance if you're like behind someone in a supermarket and you look at their trolley and everything is just vegan friendly and you're like, oh my gosh, they might be vegan. Right. <laughs> but or, then or- you just realize and it's just way more common now. Like it's not that um, it's not that rare anymore to bump into another vegan person. So, yep, exactly. Exactly. So those things are definitely changing and it it kind of all goes towards this kind of global mindset shift. I think even if you're not specifically thinking about the change, just seeing it more in your day-to-day life, maybe it's kind of like preparing someone uh, to, to potentially make that shift in the future. Even if it's half the week, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's still a huge change. And I think we just need more people doing things like that, whether it's a day or two out of the week uh, yeah, to, to get, to get the ball rolling. Um, another thing that you're involved with is the vegan camp out. So summer's just rolling around the corner. It's kind of exciting. We're getting some good weather here in Portland. I think I saw you guys might've got snow last week. Oh my gosh. It's honestly, it really does sum up England. Like we got so much heat and sun and everyone was kind of like oh my gosh including me and I was just laid out some bathing you know making sure I was getting all the all the sun and then on the weather app it's like oh tomorrow it's gonna snow and you're just like what that's like how can that even happen and you kind of just like maybe the weather app is just so wrong but no the next morning you wake up you look outside and it's snowing 
it's crazy it's really crazy i've never known anything like it it's wild it's it's, it's mid-april so i couldn't believe it like we lived in northeast america for five years or something like that in boston and they also got snow and it's just it just doesn't make sense <laughs> it's crazy it's you know it could be global warming having having full effect there it could be a random event mm-hmm. i don't know but i i do not recall living in Boston and getting snow mid-April. I think yeah. maybe early April was the um, the latest I'd experienced myself. Uh, but in saying that, I've still got, I've got faith, even for you Englanders, you know, that suffer through, you know, dreary, gray, cold weather. I, I think you've got a good summer coming around the corner. Yeah, and- hopefully. Fingers crossed. We deserve it. So. How, exci- how excited are you for, for vegan camp out? So excited. I feel like it's just going to be the biggest party for everyone, you know, because no one's been anywhere. Like no one's been able to see people or just have fun. So I feel like this will just be the biggest camp out, like for so many reasons. Yeah, and it be great. How did, um, how did the conversation go with your brother about, um, about coming on and, and being a, an organizer of the event? Um, I think it was kind of like, oh, when, I think it was during lockdown, maybe. And he was basically looking for someone to come on as part-time. And because I just kind of like, I was in that mode of just work, 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 kind of like save money, save money. So I was like, yeah, okay, this is, it, this is a great opportunity for me, you know? He's my brother, so I feel like it could be absolutely fine. Like, I feel like we're able to communicate about things. And, yeah, so basically I just joined the team. And, yeah, I I think it's been maybe, like, five months now that I've been working with him. But it's great. Yeah, I'm, like, handling the customer service side of things, social media. Um, Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to kind of just be involved with that side of things especially knowing it is coming up in a few months it kind of makes it a bit more exciting knowing that you're like handling things going on behind the scenes so where are you guys at now in terms of ticket sales um you know we're not we're not too far out we're a few months away from from the event going live and then you've also got that I think everyone in the UK is looking forward to, is it June 21st? Is that the date? Yes. <laughs> Everyone's waiting for that. So you've got a few things on the horizon and mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming it's getting hectic in the customer service department. Yes. Super hectic. We've basically got, um, we've, we've sold about 85% of tickets now. So yeah, they're really selling fast. I think as well with, with that whole thing that I was on about with the four steps I think because we are just passing them and things seem to be going smooth, smoothly right now, everyone's kind of just like super optimistic. Obviously, there's a lot of people that are like, no, this won't happen. Um, you know, I just don't believe it will happen, blah, blah, blah. But I think the majority of people are obviously just seeing things for how they're going. So they're like, yes, this is definitely going to happen. So the tickets are just selling super fast. Everybody's like really, really excited. Yeah, the first thing I did when I got off the... Um got off the conversation with Jordan was look at, look at tickets to see mm-hmm. if we could make it over. We would love to, oh, uh, yeah, that would be to, so to get to one of these events. And I think we, we kind of made a, a promise to, to the next year's event that w- I think that'll yeah. 
possibly be better timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love a to bit get more in, organization and planning. Yeah. Would love to get in involved. It just looks like a great, a great event. I love music yeah. festivals. It kind of has that vibe. So I, I'd like to, to get back and experience it from a, a vegan perspective. It'd be, mm-hmm. it'd be a lot of fun. Who are you looking forward to, to seeing at this year's event? Um, I don't know, a handful really. Um, I think Russell Brand will be interesting just for obvious reasons. I think he's obviously, he talks about a lot of interesting things, even if some people might see it as controversial or not. I think it's definitely a, you know, it's a good thing to kind of, I think he's got a lot of interesting things to talk about. Um, yeah kind of like everyone really everyone kind of what I like about it is that it's not one genre so you you kind of get like different walks of life um so yeah I think that's always the interesting thing it'll be different kinds of music and really looking forward to one of the party nights um that Jordan has gone um yeah it should all be great really yeah Russell Brand will be that'll be a trip that'll be mm-hmm. that'll be amazing to see him on stage i'm i'm kind of jealous he, yeah yeah he's certainly a a fascinating character i think i think we can learn from a lot from him in the in the vegan space so yeah i i hope yeah. it i hope it goes smoothly i'm i'm looking forward to hearing back and on how it went i am kind of jealous and i've i have been of the the vegan scene in the uk for a while it uh, Previously, having lived in Boston, there wasn't a whole lot going on, you know, in the vegan scene. So uh, they had some great restaurants and uh, we had some we had some friends that were also vegan. So we had a small community there, which was cool. But always looking on to what you guys were doing, you know, partying at vegan nights or uh, going down to London and doing, you know, food tours or just just seeing the amount of growth was kind of always something uh, I, I envied. So what are your top three or five restaurants in the UK? If you, if you can pick, I understand it's yeah, difficult. It's a but- hard one. <laughs> as, as someone who literally will drive across the country for food, <laughs> it's a hard one for me, but, um, oh gosh, it's, do you know what? I am going to say one, which is in Derby and they're vegetarian. So they're not fully vegan, but the reason why I love them so much. So they're called veggie master. Um, A firstly, the fact that Derby has that now is just crazy because Derby's kind of never really had a big vegetarian or vegan scene. Um, But the fact that the food there is just incredible. Like it's literally some of the best vegan fried chicken I've ever had. We love it so much. I think Benj has like a low key addiction to it. But that's like, that's a really good spot. Um, I do love Happy Maki, which is sushi. Um, I think they're in London and I think they might have another store somewhere else as well. Um, and a third one. Oh, it's so difficult. It really is difficult. But we really like the place in Sheffield called uh, Temple of Fun. And that's whose DJ is coming to the camp out. But yeah, they have a restaurant and it's Ollie Sykes um, idea. So he's like the brains behind that, I think, from Bring Me Horizon. And their restaurant is amazing. There's some really good stuff there.
but yeah it's definitely a hard one trying to narrow it down like I literally go so many places for food yeah I think I could easily do a like a south to north food tour but that would be yeah that would be a heap of fun is there is there a real divide between like London and the north in terms of I suppose how quickly it's grown uh, in the vegan space is is that a real thing? Um, I I think we're definitely getting better and having more vegan options, but I think London's just always going to have like a crazy amount of vegan options. I, I guess just because it is London, but um, the fact that so many chain restaurants have vegan options now is also a huge help because obviously you can just go to like. Burger King or KFC and the vegan options now were just crazy so that kind of helps us I think but London has way more like vegan owned restaurants or cafes whereas we definitely don't have as many down here. I suppose the nice thing about the UK is that travel is pretty easy it's also you know not you're not far from you guys are in the middle of the country right so Mm -hmm. how long does it take you get down? it usually takes us about two and a half to three hours to drive to London. And that's not too bad, especially, I think now it would seem like a big deal, but before lockdown, we were kind of there a couple of times a month. So you kind of get used to that travel, but would you ever live kind of, would you ever live in London? Oh, um, I think I would, but only for like a short term, I would never want to stay there for too long. Like where we live now, we're kind of on the River Trent and there's just so much nature and it's quiet. And I think that's my like preferred way of living. Um, but then again, saying that I do love the city, but I think London can just be like really hectic at times, like just a bit too hectic. <laughs> when, when nature becomes more of a priority, I, th- I think that's when the city life becomes kind of daunting. It's like, yeah it can be hard to escape a place like London or New York city because they're just so big. Everything you need is there. Uh, It it can become quite easy to, to get stuck in your comforts, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it sounds like you guys have got a really nice spot. And from uh, yeah, from following you both on Instagram, it's uh, it certainly looks like it's got some nice running paths, walking places, uh, easy access to the outdoors, which is, so critical i feel like mm-hmm. now now more so than ever just to get those calming experiences in the outdoors it's easiest way to bring yourself back down to earth clear the head yeah definitely for sure Yeah, we feel very lucky to have like the surroundings that we have here so would you recommend someone coming from uh coming from say australia to go to go live in the uk to explore life outside of london i mean i think it's a good thing to do But um, yeah, I feel like London is obviously just great for so many reasons, but usually when we're there for say a few days and then we drive home, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go home. It's kind of like a breather moment. Um, But yeah, definitely visit other places other than London. Um, Literally for the nature aspect, yeah. Where are the best places for outdoor recreation in the UK? I would say, um, I think Benj is probably a better person to ask because he's done so many like hikes in the past. But the Peak Districts are a really nice, uh, Peak District is a really nice place. 
Um, obviously there's just, that's all surrounding here all the way up to like Sheffield. Um, yeah, there's just some really good spots there. Beautiful. And what, what are you looking forward to in the, in the future with, you know, whether it's your own, your own personal life or, uh, with the companies that you're, you're with now with vegan camp out and ethics, what are, what are the, some of the things you've got on the horizon that you're looking forward to? Um, just expanding really, whether it's, um, you know, like with ethics, I think, like I mentioned earlier, trying to get more into the mainstream audience. I think that would be a really exciting thing to have happen in the future, just to be more known as an ethical brand as, as opposed to just a vegan clothing brand. Um, so I think that's an exciting thing. We're definitely trying to expand what we have as well. Um, so we've got some calls set up to do more women, uh, women's based things like minimal wear, whether it's like tops or cycling shorts or even women's underwear. So that's a whole exciting thing that we're trying to get into. So that could be really cool. That could like really change the brand as well. Um, and yeah, just more exciting things to come in that department, really. It's, I think it's just going to be nice to actually get out of lockdown and be like, oh yeah, now we can do this or now we can do that. Because I, I think there's just a lot that we can't get cracking with because it almost feels like you can't when you can't really go places. So I think more ideas will come when we can actually start traveling a bit more. Nice one. And then a vegan camp out. I know... I know Jordan mentioned to me possible expansion there as well. Uh, it sounds like you guys could be doing a bit of travel in the future. That definitely yeah. sounds exciting. Yeah, that would be really cool if it was uh, in different countries. That would be, it would be a great excuse to travel as well. <laughs> It'd be amazing. I, I really like, you know, I really like both of, both of the brands, uh, what you guys stand for uh, and, and just what you're able to to deliver i'm wearing my this is my vegan ethics uh hoodie i've had it for nice. for quite a while it, it could do with a um a, a buy sell trade treatment yep. <laughs> <laughs> or i might i might go about uh cutting it into a like a, a short sleeve hoodie mm -hmm. or, or or something different uh change yeah, it up wicked. change it up a bit but it's it's been mm -hmm. a trust trusty hoodie of mine and i had to basically she had to, to fight for me to get a new one. So, um, <laughs> I've, I really, I really like your clothing and, uh, it could be time for me to, uh, to get another, another black ethics hoodie. I love, uh, yeah. I love, I love your gear. Oh, well, thank you. We appreciate that. It's been awesome to meet you. Awesome to chat with you. I appreciate your, uh, you know, your vulnerability with, with some of the tougher topics on, uh, on mental health and, and the ways you've you've navigated through especially this this time with lockdown uh, it's yeah it's something that we should speak about at every opportunity because you never know who's listening you never know who's going through a difficult time and if it can help just one person i'm really grateful for uh yeah for that and appreciate you sharing yeah, thank with you. us cool well thank you very much Please reach out anytime in the future if you if you want to chat about all things fashion, ethics, vegan camp out. Uh, would love to have you, any of you guys on again. Um, yeah, thank you. It's been lovely meeting you. 
Yeah. So appreciate, appreciate the time you've given up and Anna and I are really looking forward to coming over to the UK once this, you know, once this all settles yeah, down and give us a shout if you uh, end up coming this way, we will hundred percent. So yeah. Thanks again, Alice. And Thank we you. will, we'll catch you all again soon. Perfect. See you later. Hey guys. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate you giving up the time and hope it was a beneficial part of your day. It was great to learn about all things secondhand fashion and self-care. I think it's really important to find those self-care rituals and practices that you can depend on in hard times. Uh, It does help to ease the stress and bring you back down to earth. I'll find a way to show you all the questions Ellis received from her friend Venetia in relation to asking brands directly about how ethical and sustainable their products are. That was certainly a fantastic suggestion as we really do need to take responsibility of our own choices and this gives us a tool we can use time and time again to make the best decisions when purchasing new items of clothing. If you have enjoyed an episode or two, please don't forget to leave a review through the Apple Podcast application. It's super easy and helps us to reach more people around the globe. So thank you to all of you who have already left us five stars and those of you who plan to do it right after this episode. So that's all from me this week, folks. Keep it plant-based and I will catch you all next week for another show.